It's April 3rd, 2023, and welcome to episode 79 of the Babe Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server now and again to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Babe Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I'm Paul, and I'm joined by Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hello. And Maggie. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> you sound so exhausted, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One wonders why a rough one. Oh, I'm yep. sure. <laughs> so there's various bits of news that we can talk about. Um, Fox Day has come and gone. Woo-hoo! And so, yeah, so there's a, the, I think the main topic of today is going to be the Baby Metal Begins show uh, or shows April 1st, April 2nd that just concluded. Uh, and Kevin was there. So we will hear all about that. Uh, but I think we can sort of talk about the other sort of newsy stuff first uh, and then get to that. Does that seem like a plan? Yeah. All right. So in no particular order, we one announcement that we got on Fox Day was that, or in fact, actually it was before Fox Day, oddly, uh, is that the um, yeah. Baby Metal Returns is available now for pre-order. Ah, uh, yes. So that's good. Uh-huh. So if you... You are listening to this episode back to back to the previous one. You will recall that I predicted that they would not do what they in fact did. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. I, I don't know. I find it kind of odd. But at the same time, knowing what I know now, <laughs> yeah, it makes some sense why they would split it up. But still, it's going to be some money. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Big Metal Returns is... Uh, available by itself for pre-order now there are three editions there is the one edition that is 22 ken uh, all of these are destined to arrive on june 14th uh, 2023 so a little bit of time but uh, the one edition comes with a blu-ray live cd and 80 page photo book should be nice yeah uh, there's also a, a vinyl and a basic dvd blu-ray and and for those who may be kind of new to the fandom, um, the the live photo book is totally worth it if you like that sort of thing. It's very high quality. It's nice hardback. Um, some beautiful pictures. Um, this is pretty standard for the one edition. Um, usually comes with the audio CD, a disc of the vid- video, and then a book. But yeah, no, it's it's worth it. The book is definitely worth it. And of course, I'm sure there'll be some pretty awesome pictures with how the set was at that show. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty epic set. Uh, the vinyl comes, uh, there's, there's a couple of um, sort of like pre-order bonuses. If you, if you order it early, you get a jacket sheet. I don't know what a jacket sheet is, but anyway, you get one. <laughs> Does anyone have any idea what that is? <laughs> like the Neg- CD jacket? You mean so so like a slip cover like the Wembley? Yeah, that's maybe could be. I'm, oh, did, I mean, actually, the phone might have had something like that. Well, but the thing is, actually, it also happens. Uh, you get it with the vinyl. <laughs> so, oh, oh, oh! Now I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, the um, yeah, the form edition had a slip cover on it. Okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe it is kind of that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, but it would be weird if they included that with the vinyl, would it not? I don't I think do. so. I mean, I mean, there there has been vinyls in the past that have had like a slip cover and then the actual, you know, vinyl case. I mean, I can't recall any right off the top of my head, but I know I've seen them. But this would be the first time for them doing something like this. 
Okay, could be. So the DVD Blu-ray set uh, also comes with the jacket sheet. And one of the editions of the Blu-ray, the limited edition, is uh, 12-inch size. You know, it's, it's vinyl-sized. So anyway, and also you will be excited to, to hear that if you get the DVD Blu-ray uh, set, uh, you will get another clear file. Hey, you can never have enough of those clear files. Those are nice. <laughs> yep. At least IMO. And also, recently, I mean, here in the last, like, what, five years or so, they've been really into, like, the vinyl-sized cases of putting things in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it is nice to display, though, and maybe they're taking that into consideration, but it's just kind of amusing that everything's, like, anything that's collectible is, like, vinyl size now. It yeah. might do sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the thing I always liked about the 12-inch vinyl size is that, you know, the artwork is big. Although the problem is that with, the, so far, the the other one vinyls, they all just come in a clear, <laughs> a clear uh, yeah. like, yeah. case. So it's like there's there's no actual art. That was a little disappointing, but it is what it is. I mean, the little, like, header has something, but yeah, no nothing in there. Lazy to keep costs down, maybe. Could be, yeah. Though they weren't exactly cheap. Nope. Oh, you mean to buy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to buy. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, the material they used wasn't cheap either, but still. Stretching the margin. Yep. Uh, anyway, yeah. So if, I mean, I guess uh, there are, if you wanted to, I mean, excluding the DVD, I suppose, there are uh, two, three different kinds of Blu-ray you can get. Uh, the regular edition, the limited edition in the 12-inch jacket and the one edition did i say all of those yeah and then the vinyl um so there's there's a several ways you can get this and it will also have doki doki morning presumably yes (laughs) which they cut out of the wawa uh what else also we uh this i don't remember if this was you know before fox day or on fox day i think it was actually uh on fox day that they announced that there will be live viewings in the cinema for these um for the big metal begins the one that just happened so may 20th will be black knight and may 27th will be Clear night. Yes. If you happen to be in Japan <laughs> or want to go back for it, uh, you can watch these in the theater. Merch available too for those. Oh yeah. Uh, is it good? Um, it's the Kagami shirt and the the towel is a keychain. Mm-hmm. The towel shrunk down to a keychain. Oh nice. But the print is on the back instead of the front, and it's on the front. It's got the like the metal variation of the mm. baby metal logo. I personally like that myself. Like I would love to have that, but. You know, mm-hmm. not going to be there at the live viewing, and I got to save my money. <laughs> yep. yep. And sort of along with the live viewings, Wawa uh, announced that they're going to also play the Big Metal Begins shows Black Knight uh, sometime in June, Clear Knight sometime in July. So the editing, I guess the editing is going to be mostly done in May <laughs> uh, and, re- and refined in June and July. We don't know yet uh, when they will ha- they will have this for sale, but I mean, all of this points toward it being for sale at some point is that it maybe that's all we have to say about those things but they're coming they are coming there's a new logo that was one thing that we got on fox day yes um, i don't know what i think what do you think uh so the the the, the differences in the logo uh is that there used to be four segments to the wings on the side and now there are three there used to be uh heart shapes within the b and there are they are gone now mm-hmm. and a uh, conspicuous skull has been removed yes I'm personally okay with it myself because, you know, new new baby metal, new logo. Comes with the territory, I think. 
And I mean, it looks relatively close to the old one. It just, of course, does not have that little tiny skull inside, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, but it's so minor that it doesn't really affect too much the actual overall thing, except for that we know what the skull means, but <laughs> right. so that does kind of affect it in some ways. But as far as like a graphical sense of it, I, I like it. I think it looks good. So mm. recognizably fresh. Yes. Yeah. It's it's uh you know whatever easier to draw, you know, it's uh maybe slightly more elegant. Uh so yeah, I mean, you know, there's certainly debate about that. Uh but whatever. <laughs> it's okay. They are trying to switch to a new era, right? So it seems yeah. appropriate. I think uh at the risk of alienating some of our listeners, the people who are so attached to the elements removed from the logo are already long gone. Conceivable, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And okay, so then uh the the other thing is that the the one twenty twenty three has opened. As of April first, we're now the one and not the other one anymore. It was kinda nice actually when when that was happening. It, it was basically I think, you know, up to the point where the the first day's concert ended. They basically took down their website, you know, in, in a way that was sort of it's kind of like what uh, Apple does, you know, when they're going to announce something new, you know, they just put up something mm-hmm. saying like it's a, it's a under maintenance or whatever. But what was particularly cool is that it proclaimed in big loud, you know, letters that this is the Babe Metal Offseal website. <laughs> they had this like big typo and <laughs> right there in the header. So that was nice. But uh, nevertheless, you could still sort of do all of your the one stuff. And so uh, we got to mint our NFT IDs. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, the little the little cards that they made are nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really wish I could get a physical version of it. I do too. I think a physical one would be nice. But then again, that's kind of what they're trying to get away from is like having to send a whole bunch of stuff everywhere. But then again, we're getting sent t-shirts, so I don't know. It would be kind of cool if they sent it with our t-shirts. <laughs> but, oh well. I had mine with my name on it. It's pretty neat. And also, um, no matter what variation of the t-shirt you got... If, so long as you ordered it before the first, you automatically get the gold version NFT. Whereas if you ordered mm-hmm. it after April 1st, so here, the last quote unquote three days, uh, you get a red NFT. But yep. do be aware that you have a choice whether to or not to put your name on it or not. And there's like two times during the process, which is also good to start on the official Babe Metal website to, to update your the one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, once it's done, it's done. So if you like go through it twice and then at the end when it's, you know, loaded, it's like, oh, you know, I would have really liked it. You're, you're none. That's, that's pretty well it. So be careful, yep. make sure you're reading fully and make a decision prior. <laughs> and that's all I yeah. can say. And when it says, when it says, uh, you know, are you sure, you know, be aware that you can't change it and you say yes. And then it says, are you sure? Be aware that you can't change it and you say yes. You know, make sure that you meant it when you said yes both those two times. <laughs> but because they can, uh, you know, the world can now see your card on the blockchain, you know. Yes. So, that might be the reason that they give you the option is that if you, you know, whatever used your real name as a mm-hmm. as a metal name or something, then you might not want that on the blockchain. But Exactly. Yeah. No, mine's just a silly nickname. <laughs> right. Yeah. And mine's Paul Way's metal, you know, it's all right. Yeah, but that's cute. Like, I dig it. I mean, I think it's cute in a general Uh, format, just so you know. (laughs) Okay, excellent. Another thing that I think was quite amusing is that uh, 
along with the one, they have opened up a Discord server. So there is now a, the yes, one have. Discord server that if you yes. are if you are a member of the one, you get in there. If you you can join if you're not a member of the one, but all you can look at are the rules. <laughs> so you right. have to be a member of the one to actually participate. It would be nice to get some Discord creature comforts. Yeah, it'd be mm. interesting to see how the uh, server evolves. Yeah. I mean, to this point, it's almost exclusively people saying hello and then using like yeah. <laughs> the little emotes that the that the mm-hmm. server provides. But but it's still it's kind of interesting, you know, because it's official and everybody knows about it. You know, that's going to collect a lot of the people. I think there I've already seen over the last time I looked was like 1700 likes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we'll see how that evolves. But uh but it is pretty nice. I, you know, I worry about it a little bit just because, I mean, Discord takes some moderation and things like that. But it's possible that having this paywall in front of it may solve some of that. Yeah, I don't think they would have done this without the paywall option. And yes. I think it was really smart for them to require that. Because uh, the, yeah. the first hour or so it was open, there were some, uh, let's say, spicy reactions on a lot of the things. <laughs> right. <laughs> that required... <laughs> that required a moderator's attention. Yep. Yeah, I saw that too. Which I am happy to see that they removed eventually. Mm. Yeah. I guess the only other thing that I wanted to get to before we actually start talking about the concert, this is in a, a little bit of this is kind of from the end of the second concert, but uh, just looking at what's coming up now that this concert is done, there's the Sabaton tour, which starts April 14th. So like really soon. You know, they're supporting Sabaton all the way to May 20th. So 24 dates there. Uh, And then their Asia tour starts uh, May 25th. And that goes, what, one, two, three, four, five dates, I think. Uh, And then, which ends uh, June 4th. And then June 8th, they're in Australia. Uh, Is it only two, Brisbane and Sydney? I thought there was three. I thought it was three. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I got this off of the the official site, and I didn't see a third one. But um, it's you know whatever in Melbourne as Melbourne. well, I guess. Yeah, and then there's a gap, and then we know that they're at the Blue Ridge Rock Festival in Virginia, September 10th in the U.S. Uh, Louder Than Life Festival in Kentucky, September 23rd, and Aftershock in California, October 7th. So there's a stretch of time between September 7th and October 7th when they are in the U.S. Uh, we don't know anything more than that, but I would guess that uh, they're going to have a bunch of their own dates spread along that. And if you look at those dates, they actually do kind of go East Coast, Middle, West Coast. So mm-hmm. I believe that basically uh, from early September to early October, they are going to be going East to West across the U.S. Yeah, quite surprised uh, they didn't confirm that this weekend. It just, I mean, they just apparently just said U.S. tour upcoming and... That's it. <laughs> well, they, I think they said actually U.S. and more. U.S. and more, yeah, is what yeah. they actually said. But yeah, the only thing I think is maybe just that I haven't finalized either some venues or dates or some logistics that prevented them from making that announcement holistically. Yeah, possibly. So it's conceivable that they might, that the and more could conceivably be Canada. Um, they might, you could imagine them hitting Toronto or Montreal. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool because they haven't been in Canada since, what, 2015 or something like that, I think. They were at a, the, like, some yeah, that one, festival. Yeah, that one festival in Toronto or, no. It was Montreal, yeah. Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Heavy yeah. Montreal, yeah. 
probably early September, they will go down the East Coast, and then they'll be in Virginia, and then they'll probably do, uh, mm. you know, Florida, Atlanta, Nashville. Then they'll be in Kentucky, probably do, you know, swing up through Chicago, maybe do Kansas City again. It's still a pretty short time frame. So, uh, mm. and then I would I would guess they would probably go like up the California coast, do aftershock, and then who knows what? Maybe they would, maybe they'd manage to get to Vancouver or something, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they it wouldn't be an unusual thing because I mean, like their 2019 tour dates. I mean, it was pretty intense, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that intense again. To be honest, one one or two days between shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's um, looking forward to that announcement, uh, which is surely coming. Um, and I'm re- I'm really curious to know what and more means. I, I know you know that uh, like South America would love to see them. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but. Because they went to Mexico, They've been Mexico. in 2015, yeah. too, as well, didn't they? I think it was 2015. And, yeah, someone had mentioned Spain in the in the chat. And I am I I am from the U.S., and by golly, I am ready for Spain to have a show, finally. <laughs> there was, I mean, well, I don't know if you recall, but, like, they had a huge campaign. Like, the mm-hmm. fans had a huge campaign to, to have a show in Spain, and it, I remember it gone on for at least a couple years. And then they finally had an announcement that they were going to do one or two shows in Spain. I think they were going to do a festival and then they were going to do an actual show, I think. And then COVID mm. happened. I was devastated for them and I'm still devastated yeah. for them. And mm-hmm. if anybody deserves a show, like th- they do. <laughs> so I'm right. like, when I see a Spain show come up, if it ever does, I would be extremely excited. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm sure that would be that would be a a, a great thing to do. It's uh, so they're they're already sort of passing through Europe with Sabaton, and you know, obviously they're not going to have a t- any time to to do their well. I, I say obviously, but I, I think that's probably true that they're not going to be able to do their own shows during that. So they'd have to take another pass through uh, through Europe. But I mean, they have July and August <laughs> so far unscheduled. So and also kind of depending. Because there's other stuff that was announced too, but um, also depending on time frame. I mean, they could it'd be cold, but they could always do it towards the end of the year too, and potentially mm-hmm. beginning of 2024. So, I mean, there's right. opportunity. Yeah, and I guess uh, since we are talking about this, uh, one thing that they did announce uh, that wasn't already known uh, was that in 2024 there will be a tour final in Japan. So we we know that it's kind of continuing, and uh, you know the Japanese fans were enthusiastic about that. <laughs> oh, in fact, actually, they also did say that there were going to be summer festivals in Japan, too, so uh, mm-hmm. that may eat up the time after Australia. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to check when those are, but I mean, like, there there are a couple sort of obvious ones that they could go to, so. They're about to get busy. Yeah. All right. That's sort of all the miscellaneous stuff out of the way now. Um, so now we could probably talk about the actual Baby Metal Begins, the other one, Black Knight and Clear Knight shows that happened and kevin was there yeah kevin was there what a weekend walk us through whatever you can manage (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i just for a little bit of context i got off the plane from japan about four hours ago so bear with me (laughs) as i struggle (laughs) through this (laughs) the energy might not be quite as good as last time we went through one of these recordings uh, with the show report (laughs) but i'll do my best okay um so yeah yokohama P Arena MM. Um, I want to talk. I, I need to mention this place. First of all, Yokohama is a cool city. If you're in Japan, 
take a day. It's only an hour on the train down to Yokohama. It's a cool place. Go check it out. That's where the moving Gundam is and the big Ferris wheel. It's, it's, a, it's a cool little port city. Is the Gundam <laughs> there? I didn't realize that. Yeah, the moving Gundam. The one, the, the like OG Gundam 1 from like Dude, the 80s. That that's like cool. slowly takes a step forward and then back into its like maintenance bay is down yeah. in Yokohama. Um, uh, the f- about a 10 that, minute walk from where the concert was. Yeah, that um, famous, oh God, what's his name? Uh, the dude who does Metal Gear Solid, he actually visited that uh, on day two of the of the shows. Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he, he might have been there with somebody else. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so cool, cool place. Check it out if you get a chance to go over there. Um, uh, first time at this particular arena. It's small. They list capacity at 10,000. The area around it, it's on just like a regular city block. So there's not a huge area for people to congregate, mingle, chat before the show, or even a lot of area for the logistics of getting people in and through to buy merch and then into the concert and out of the concert. Um, so there is a, a lot of congestion on this one city block. Um, <laughs> there is a tiny, there was a tiny little parking lot that held maybe 40 cars. Uh, so some <laughs> Japanese fans took to tailgating with their cars in there. That was pretty funny. Um, I had a heck of a time trying to explain why it was so funny to me that they were doing that because that's a, a very American sporting event thing, mm-hmm. right? Going going to a football game and lowering your tailgate with a barbecue and things like that. And I just got such a kick out of that that they were tailgating a baby metal show. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Black Knight. So let's go inside. Of course, all of the foreign fans are in the same block as always the one that might as well be in another prefecture as far as ways you can go. Um, and it needs to be said that the floor area is tiny here, um, Hmm. way smaller than it looks even in the photos, especially when you consider how they always divide up the standing room areas. You know, they like to create blocks of people, right? And your ticket tells you what block you go in and they use fencing and those like concert barriers to build these blocks that go around the floor to segregate everybody. And there's a good, maybe 10 foot wide walkway, you know, in between, you know, kind of drawing a grid in between all of the different blocks for people to get in and out. Uh, so not a whole lot of room. Uh, in fact, if you look at the official after show tweet from clear night, uh, the one with the backstage photo, they also tweeted a photo from the rafters when everybody had their phone lights out for monochrome hmm. spoiler alert that happens on night two. Um, you can, you can see, you can see the definition of the sizes of these blocks and <laughs> they were frustratingly yeah. small. Yeah. Um, and in particular, I think the ones in the back where we were, were by far the smallest. And this was confirmed by this photo. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to drop it in chat. <laughs> That's for, pretty hilarious <laughs> for reference. So if you look at the oh, right man. side of the photo, as far as you can go, the first flight, you can kind of see where the seats start, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's two blocks in the back with a black area. The black area that separates those two blocks of phones is where the uh, sound booth and all of the, the control stations were and stuff like that for the show. So you mm-hmm. can see how small the, the blocks were for us. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I heard confirmation that even like for the other blocks, which, oh my gosh, you guys, holy crap. But like even for tiny. like the, the other blocks... Um, 
there were people complaining that man, it was kind of hard to like try to mosh and stuff. It was like, extremely there was, difficult there to was, mosh. Yeah, there was no room. You were pretty much in there, and that was that was it. Yeah. Um. So I actually managed to be in a different block from everybody on Black Knight. I was in block C four. Um, <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> uh. Do let's just say due to some magic, I was able to work during the day. Um, <laughs> and I can say that although that those blocks are a little bit bigger, you can see from the the photo there, not much. It was extremely difficult to to get moving and get going, um, especially since the last set of shows were in uh, uh, Makahari Mese, which you know I think probably now has the baby metal world record for biggest pit I've ever seen mm-hmm. and biggest wall of death. Right, so it was quite quite the contrast. Uh, so we get inside. We're waiting for the show to start. The typical murmurs, they started a little bit late. Um, and I guess, yeah, I'll just go through, I'll just go through top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they opened with The Legend on Black Knight. Not, not a, not a great opening song. It just didn't, it doesn't work for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts would be if you could imagine having that start a show, you know. Yeah. What what people were saying was that uh, it it um, at least kind of meshes with the idea that this is a continuation of the story, right? I mean, like because that's yes. how the, that's how the previous one ended. Uh, I suppose I, I suppose it is. That. I suppose it does do that, but I, yeah, maybe it's just because the expectation was really high. the The energy was weird. I'm gonna say I'll say that up front. The energy was weird on the first night. I think because everybody was just kind of waiting for the the big reveal. Right. right, we all we all knew what the point of these two shows was, and we just couldn't <laughs> wait to get there. So, starting with the legend and just kind of standing there and maybe head grooving a little bit wasn't the mm-hmm. most exciting start <laughs> to this event. <laughs> um, but I will say that the, the uh, I did hear the sax solo live this time. There wasn't a commie sax player, which was disappointing. Mm-hmm. But it, the Aww. sax solo does the the sax solo does slap. Um, it was pretty fun um and then almost like whiplash we went into megatsune not a whole lot to say here um momoko was out as an avenger Mm -hmm. so i think that was maybe also weird because we didn't know what was going to happen it's like okay she's avenging first i guess and they must be doing this (laughs) later in the show is that weird? I don't know, but okay, here's Megatsune. Let's do the things we normally do when Megatsune happens live. Um, which rolled into Gimme Chocolate. Uh, you know, and I gotta say, by the end of Gimme Chocolate, the energy was still really pretty subdued in the building, I thought. It's just a weird flow from the legend to Megatsune to Gimme Chocolate. And again, I don't know if that's because the anticipation of what was to come later was so forward on everybody's minds they were having trouble getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um or Japanese fans still aren't comfortable, you know, going all out since it's only been a few weeks since COVID restrictions have kind of been completely lifted or at least passed off um, the individual decisions or business decisions rather than government mandated. Um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, um, but it was yeah, it was just a, a kind of a weird start to the show. <laughs> I can't quite put my finger on why. Well, one um, thing about those two is that, uh, you know, so they went, the le- there was The Legend, and then Mikitsune and Gimme Chocolate, uh, you know, those are the two songs that have been played more than any other two songs mm-hmm. <laughs> in their history, mm-hmm. right? So, um, 
everybody's heard those many times and seen yeah. them probably several times. Yeah. I will say, I want to say too, through Megatsune, I think they were working out some technical challenges. Um, I thought Sue got off to a little bit of an unusually rocky start. And I don't think I heard Mo at all in Megatsune. So I don't know if where I was, I just didn't have a good mix or if her pack was down or something. But they, they were definitely working through some issues through the beginning <laughs> of the show. So maybe that contributed to the weirdness. Um, so yeah, Gimme Chocolate Ends. And then kind of unceremoniously and almost kind of like the album, we just get slapped with the intro to Maya, which, <laughs> holy crap. Uh, this is a theme uh, throughout the new content. It is definitely meant to be heard and felt live. <laughs> felt. Um, yeah. Yeah, just, man, when these when the drums go and then the guitars go, man, you can feel it. And it's just incredible. Um, and it was about halfway through this song, I think people started to get more into what was going on. Um, I had kind of forgotten Make It's Name, Give Me Chocolate. It happened about halfway through Maya because we were just digging Maya. <laughs> um, and that was the first time it was played. I mean, that, that, that's yeah. also the premiere, too. Yeah, also the premiere. Um, choreography for this song, and I think for the other songs, I kept thinking, wow, this might be the the best new choreography I've ever seen going through Maya. And then time wave happened and I'm like, okay, no, maybe it's this one. No, maybe it's mirror mirror. <laughs> it just kind of kept escalating. Um, at a high level, it's extremely intricate, um, very technical, uh, very subdivided, uh, a lot of movement on like eighth and 16th notes, a lot mm -hmm. of kind of pop and lock. Um, it's cool. The new choreography is really cool. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a little bit of of like you know a little bit of these things and and that was also what I was thinking of all the new stuff. It is it is very rapid movement, mm -hmm. very rapid, intricate, complicated. It's quite different from the older stuff. Yeah, they definitely. I think it's that definite evolution from what they were doing on Metal Galaxy, and certainly leaps and bounds above what they were doing for the debut album and Metal Resistance. Like this is, this is proper dance group stuff. Now I think in my slightly educated, uneducated opinion. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. So yeah, we got Maya. Uh, we got Mirror Mirror and Time Wave. The uh, the graphics they had on the big LED behind the stage for these three songs were really good, really cool. They definitely invested and are doing. I would say even more an evolution of what they did with uh, Metal Galaxy, where they just kind of played with color and shapes for the Metal Galaxy kind of backing LED stuff. The uh, the LED content on the screens for these new songs actually kind of play with the song, uh, play with the theme of the song um, in a way that's really visually interesting and kind of adds to the performance. Um, so that's really cool. Hmm. Um, I kind of hope we get to see that because that, that was one thing that um, I remember noticing this you know, I, maybe most when I was when I'm thinking about the uh, the forum Blu-ray, mm -hmm. but like in Dada Dance, there's actually that's a pretty interesting backdrop mm -hmm. that's going, and you almost can't see it at all. You know, true, um, yeah. In, yeah. On the Blu-ray, it's always focused on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and plus, that screen was so freaking big anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so I suppose I didn't talk about the stage. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that. The the layout. 
Yeah, let me. I'll pause here and kind of back up and talk about the stage. So, it was an end stage, uh, no rolling platform um, to come out into the crowd or anything like that. And I'm glad because there'd be even less room. They probably would have had to drop a thousand people from the show to make that happen. Um, but that being said, because it was an end stage and we were basically in Hokkaido. Um, this was one of the first baby metal shows in Japan where I actually kind of struggled to see what was going on a little bit. <laughs> I finally understood what you meant by you were in Hokkaido. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you, if you don't understand the geography, let's just say it's very, very far, far away, away. <laughs> in a, on a completely different Island, very far North. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, uh, the middle of the stage was two tiers, a elevated rectangular large platform um, right below that a semicircle oval thing in the shape of the, the the other one kind of logo motif we're used to seeing um, and then framing and connecting those two pieces were black pieces of scaffolding that made the uh, the other one o oblong shape um with its lowest point at the bottom of the lower stage and its upper point kind of at the base of the rectangular platform. So it was inclined about, I don't know, was it maybe 30 or 40 degrees or so Mm -hmm. above that in the center was more scaffolding that held lighting that they played with to make it look like the, uh, the other one logo was kind of up in the sky at times. Um, And they also used it to great effect to illuminate things on both stages in interesting ways. Flanking either side of the center platforms were two more, the other one, O circle stage things. Um, on the backside of either of those were the commie band. They didn't use these from what I could tell a whole lot. They used them to like come out, you know, wave at people and stuff like doing the songs they usually do that for. Um, there was one song in particular that we'll get to that they did actually use this for. And that's probably why they built them in the first place. Um, but yeah, it was just like a four stage setup with the two in the middle and then one on either side for them to venture out to. And it, it looked like they had, um, a pretty large led behind them, even on the, on the lower level too. They did. Yeah. They on did. the underside. Yeah. They did. So backing it, they had a large led, um, above the upper stage. Um, and then on the elevated rectangular stage, they had a screen that they could use to be backlit on the like half circle stage in the middle. <laughs> and then the whole front side of all the stages was also covered in led panels. So you were just, you were looking and you needed sunglasses. You were looking at an led screen. Um, and mm-hmm. they did have two large leds flanking the stages about as high as they could go all the way to the left and right. So that people that were elevated in the arena and the seats and all the way in the back could have some sort of idea of what was going on. Um, they weren't used for graphics or anything like that. They were primarily used for, you know, the, the camera shots so that we could actually see the performance. Ah, nice. One thing that was kind of a bummer was uh, some of the scaffolding and light stuff was obscuring kind of the, the screens just from where I was. And that, that got a little annoying because it did, it did block some views a little bit, but I don't think that there was anything they were going to be able to do about that anyway. It was just kind of the nature of the venue. Um, I can speculate real quick. I learned that um, there were several other performances happening this weekend in Yokohama. Um, so I'm, pretty confident in saying that the reason they ended up here was it was the biggest available. Um, for example, mm-hmm. AKB 48, which is an extremely popular idol group was also performing down there this weekend. And another really popular group was also booked down there this weekend. So there were a lot of concert goers. Ah, uh, uh, makes, yeah, makes a little sense. 
And yet so, yeah. we still, you know, there were certainly a, a, a number of speculations about how fitting it was that it was P-I-M-M. <laughs> True. <laughs> sure. And, and that it wasn't too far from um, the red red brick warehouse or whatever that place is called. Where yeah, not too far. Oh, the original I mean, show. The original yeah, show, yeah. Original not too show. far. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of connection down there. Um, if you've been really deep into the foxhole, there's a lot of connection to events that have happened in Yokohama in mm-hmm. <laughs> baby metals lives and past lives that you could conceivably go see in walking distance from where they perform this weekend. Ah, cool. Uh, so you mentioned the, the commie bound where they're kind of like behind each of the two side stages. Uh, how, what yes. was your impression of how visible they were? Um, cause they, on the, in the January shows, they were, they were really just hidden, but it looked to me like that was less true this time. Yeah, certainly much more visible this time. And I think part of that has to do with the nature of it being an end stage, right? There's just, where where else would they put them? They would have to really go out of their way to hide them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it it felt a lot more like older concerts where they were just behind the stage doing their thing like we were used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe uh, since you were at the forum, it felt like the forum visibility. Ah, yeah. Okay. Which actually wasn't all that great, you know, yeah. but it was uh, still. But certainly better visible. than January. Yeah. Um, and th- throughout, when appropriate, they did spotlight them and bring them forward in that kind of way. Now, there wasn't any, like, a traditional commie band solo like everybody's been wanting for years. Um, but mm-hmm. when, when appropriate during songs where they had features, they were spotlit and brought up. Okay. And I'm assuming they still had their masks on, yeah. Yes, they still have their masks on. Yeah, because I think I think some of the commie band were actually. I I don't know if the whole entire crew was the Western commies, but I know at least two of them were the Western commies. I think. Yeah, I think it's all the Western commies. Yeah, I think we've identified them. At, yeah, it's the entire Western commie band from 2019. So oh, yeah, they Anthony Barone on, on drums, oh, okay. Chris Kelly on guitar, Clint Tustin on bass, and CJ was it Mast. Mast- Master of something. Yeah, M. From PA. CJM. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were um, fortunate to have Barone there. I mean, like, uh, I mean, uh, he's just amazing. He's incredible. I mean, they're all incredible. But yeah, Barone is, he's really a special drummer. Awesome. (laughs) He's good. They they did good work on getting him. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say... I didn't connect that it was them right away, partially because I was so far away. I, I, all I could do was tell that it wasn't any of the Japanese kami in any combination, mm-hmm. at least not ones that I recognized. And they, they play in a slightly different tune than we're used to. I'm, I'm not sure what the musical like guitar tune is, but it's, it's a little lower. I don't, maybe it's called drop tune. I'm, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but the guitars are tuned slightly differently and it adds just this, extra edge <laughs> that was really cool and mm-hmm. throughout all the songs that that i wasn't used to um they also added a lot of flair uh, particularly in make it's name give me chocolate i noticed um just kind of a lot of noodling around and kind of just interesting fills on drum and guitar um like when sue speaks to the audience and give me chocolate they were just kind of jamming and having fun a little bit more than we're used to um so i did notice that that was that was appreciated and very cool yeah, that's one thing that I, I I'm not sure that I fully appreciate about the the prior um, 
you know, all the, uh, the prior concerts where everything is basically like, I think Koba has said before that, that like the audiences want to hear the right answer, you know, they mm-hmm. want, they want to hear what they came to hear. And mm-hmm. so they, they don't want it to be different every night or whatever, but, uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I do sort of appreciate the, the noodling, you know, yeah. so that's cool. Yeah. Super cool. Oh, I do too. I mean, in, in just general aspect, I mean, that kind of noodling I, <laughs> terminology is just, um, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. That kind of, kind of just shows your flow. It's kind of, I don't know. I think it's neat and it shows personality for the player too. So I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, so picking up where we left off, we're, we finished time wave, I think. We finished Time Wave, yeah. So we had a, a kind of a long break. We had a lore video intro here, uh, similar to the one we had in January, similar enough to have an idea of what was coming next. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. So I, th- I think so. This was the like the mirror theme lore video. Uh, last time they did the Metal Verse of Madness ripoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel theme. They didn't do that this time. They they kind of made it their own, but they still used the portals with a new life form language coming to meet us. And then after that, green text flew down the screen as if we were back in 1999 and the Matrix was about to come out. <laughs> was it 98? It was 98. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a huge Matrix fan. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm old, I know. 20 years ago. Anyways, the green Matrix code came, started flowing down the screen to introduce this next segment. Um, new life form portals. You know, it was pretty obvious that they were going to do what they did in January um, with the, the, the Metalverse version of themselves again. Um, and sure enough, once the lore video ended and one of the, I think one of the most recognizable and one of their most hype, like introduction backing tracks starts and it's karate. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. That this is, <laughs> this, this was a turning point in the show. You know, everybody was just kind of like people woke up, people woke up. Cause you know, like, I think I'm right in that the first three songs felt a little odd. The new stuff was great, but it was new. So everybody was just like loving it and enjoying it and absorbing it right it's interesting the first time you see something live you kind of want to watch and be part of it and it hasn't really been set what you're supposed to do is like is this a circle pit song is this just a sedan and headbang song you know is this a mosh song nobody knows yet so you're just kind of there watching um so the show hasn't really started in that sense yet to this point Uh, but now we know what to do right Mm -hmm. karate started and we haven't heard this song in a while um we were talking about it and I think we identified uh, uh, Tenbei Middle Budokan was the last time. Mm-hmm. But for foreign fans, it was before that. It would have been like the 2019 tour. Um, and sure enough, I mentioned those two side stages. This is almost certainly what they were built for. Um, we had Team Baby Metal stage, right? Right? Is that right? When I say stage right, that's from the POV of the stage, right? As if you're standing uh, yes. on it? Right? Yeah, yeah, if you're correct. sitting on yeah, it, yeah, correct. it's stage right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. stage right, um, audience left, and then we had mirror or metal verse baby metal on stage left. 
uh, audience POV right side. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, here we go. They're doing kind of the, the same similar thing with the play on lights, um, trading who's doing what throughout the song. Uh, it's the same three girls as we got in January, Miko, Sakia, and Kokona. This time, Miko sang the whole first half of this song, like through the first chorus. She absolutely crushed it. She sounds just like a 14 or 15 year old Sue did. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, so good. Um, I was, I don't know, it was, it was like proud uncle moment. Like, <laughs> so, so good. Um, and, I, and I can't praise Saki and Coconut enough either because they they really embody and capture that like 12 13 year old kid yui moa energy mm-hmm. that everybody used to love so well um i i don't think they weren't as refined in their dancing as yui and moa were back then but they absolutely nail the energy and it's so much fun to watch them perform um this was the first time we really got a good look at them because they weren't on like those opposing Roomba stages mm-hmm. right and they left the lights on them a lot longer um just i guess through the either through the nature of the song or they just wanted to feature them a bit more this time around so we got to really watch and they got a lot of screen time up on the uh monitors um so we could really see them having fun and performing this and sharing the stage with baby metal um so yeah we get through the first couple of choruses and we get to the, you know, the, the break where mm-hmm. everybody goes down and starts to pick everybody back up. And I, so I went to the ground as you do in the pit. Uh-huh. Right. And I had, everybody started getting me up early and we're like looking around like what, why? So they took an extended break. It was a long time. The reason they took a, such a long break is they played maybe a 60 second, 90 second tribute video Ah, I wondered about that. Yeah, because that was really that was a really long, uh, yeah, uh, chunk in the middle, and and <laughs> we were. I mean, I, I know there were a lot of people to pick up, but it still seemed like that was a very no, long. <laughs> it was. I I tell you what, it was it was really emotional. Like they started from the beginning, and did like karate highlights throughout their whole careers, um, with some of the most famous imagery you can think of of baby metal from the last ten years. Um, all the way up and through the the, the most recent like Tame Budokan show performance. Yeah, it was it was really emotional seeing that. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I, I was definitely in tears seeing you know highlights of Yui Moa, particularly like the uh, there's that really famous shot of Tokyo Dome of the three of them arm in arm walking out the the end of the like mm-hmm. coffin runway at Tokyo Dome. Um, yeah, they, they really constructed this well to really tug at the heartstrings. It was, it was really quite a moment. Um, yeah, they have to hurry up and make this available. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm like, the more, the more I hear about it, the more I'm probably going to actually buy this DVD, I think when it comes out. I don't normally buy the videos or the shows that I've not been to, but I feel like this one's definitely for the books. To, to mm-hmm. put in my collection, I think. Yeah, it was it was definitely really bittersweet because you you could tell it was okay. We're transitioning, like 
they're doing this to say thank you and goodbye almost. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can, I can feel it even from here. But um, pretty much. At, least, at least that's the sense that that's how it made me yeah. feel. Yeah. Like it was a thank you. Because we knew it was coming, right? I, I talked about right. this already. We knew what the highlight of this weekend was going to be. Right. We knew somebody new was joining. We knew they were going to move forward and be reborn as something different, something familiar, mm-hmm. but maybe different. Um, so this very much felt like we're done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Actually, one one other thing, you know, to the that I that I'd heard about this uh, this part, uh, and you know maybe it was the sort of beginning part, but um, I guess it is a, a sort of was a kind of like widespread thing through the venue to fall down like everybody on stage did. Yeah, um, which apparently concerned the venue staff quite a bit actually. <laughs> um, oh really? So they, they they were you know like checking the checking the people in the in the pens to see if you know, is everybody okay? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, that's good. So, but I could, I could, I could imagine. I mean, that would be a little freaky if you're, you know, like all of a sudden, well, it's true. Like everybody's yeah, going down. So. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, they they finished out karate, and it was incredible, and that was the highlight to this point by a hundred million miles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I truly am sitting here emotional thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Partially probably because I'm exhausted, but it was really special. Um, so after that, we got right back into the new stuff. Uh, so Believing we got next. I think when we talked about the album in the last episode, this was lower on my list. Don't fact check me, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh-huh. Um, this is one of the songs on the album that definitely elevated life for me. Um, nice. And I, this has been a theme. Like when I saw Maya, I was like, wow, this might be their best choreography ever. And then Mirror Mirror happened. I was like, no, not that. There's a the time wave. Like, no, not Mirror Mirror. And this happened again. Um, I think <laughs> Believing is one of the coolest pieces of choreography. It, it fits the song so well. It's so mm-hmm. creative. Um you know, right back into that kind of pop and lock on the eighth note. Um, really, really interesting and stuff I really haven't seen before um, from them. So I, I just, I'll just put in this one. Look forward to seeing this one because I, mm-hmm. of all the new stuff, I think this is my favorite choreography. And it's and I, if I were if I were a dancer, I would I would probably be able to describe this all better to you. So I'm sorry for not being able to do that. But it's quite okay. <laughs> but just just know that. They've leveled up like this is, you know, if you thought they had kind of moved and transitioned in Metal Galaxy choreography into a more mature kind of thing, I would call that maybe a stepping stone to where they are now. They've leaped off that stepping stone and have really elevated uh, to a whole new level in their choreography with this new stuff. It's quite incredible. Uh, So after uh, believing uh, we go into metalism. That song goes really hard live. I, I mentioned <laughs> in the last episode, and you don't need to fact check me on this one. This has been my favorite track on the album so far. Um, and it delivers live. Uh, heavy commie presence. They absolutely crush 
all of the instrumentals um, and they get spotlights at the appropriate time, especially during the, the two guitar solos in this song. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just absolutely slay this live. It sounds incredible. Um, since I've been talking about choreography, I will say that I think this had the least interesting choreography of the, of the group. Oh, interesting. This, this is, see, this is an interesting one live because I, I, I know I remember I referenced it in the last episode as almost an instrumental track with a Sue backing track rather than the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> Cause they just, they don't have a whole lot to do in this song, right? Not, not in the way she does in all the other tracks. Um, and the, I think the choreography kind of reflects that. So it's kind of interesting. I'll just say it's interesting live. Like the instrumentals are incredible. Um, but was not super impressed with the actual choreography of this one. One thing that's uh, interesting about this, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is that with with that, they had now played everything on the other one live once. Yes, that is true. Um, and that's a good segue to we are back into familiar territory because after metalism, uh, we got distortion, papaya, and road of resistance. Um, as expected, you know, I think everybody had kind of the room had livened up at this point, right? We the crowd was much more into it, so distortion went hard. Um, it was difficult to pit and mosh because of the size, but you know, we made it happen. Um, <laughs> jump up and down, I guess. <laughs> yeah, jump up and down. Um, running maybe a 20 square foot circle <laughs> like and, and just just to give you a reference like it in makahari i felt like i was running laps around an olympic track in, in here i felt like i was on a treadmill <laughs> um, just to give you a sense of what it felt like circle pitting uh, between the two um papaya went hard as usual um, this was the first time in a long time we've had a seated crowd kind of above everyone. Um, and that, and that is kind of cool when you're down in the pit because you can kind of, you can look up and just see the sea of humanity participating with their, with their flags or, uh, and their towels. So that, that is see. one advantage of having a seated arena in addition to a floor pit is it, it does make you feel, it gives you that more 360 sense of what you're experiencing rather than just see, being on one awesome. plane. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, Road Resistance, another challenger. Um, those three songs back to back. They did this in January, I think, in a different order, but back to back. And that's exhausting. Um, so thank you. Continue to keep doing that because it's a good workout. Um, <laughs> but Road Resistance was challenging to get a decent wall of death and circle pit going because of the size. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Road Resistance ends. Unusually long time between songs we're kind of starting to clamp and chant for an encore because it's we've you know it's been a little over an hour so we're kind of expecting it to be the end and moving into encore land um then of course as soon as that happens like my stomach completely sinks and i i don't know why i feel like this when i get like this it happened at the end of uh night two in january but i started to get nervous like nervous anticipation because like Mm -hmm. okay okay we've gotten through the meat now we're gonna do the Thing that everybody came here for right so the lights come back up oh baby metal death shin version mm-hmm. with a lore video 
is going. <laughs> oh, man. So we talked about this when they did, because they did this at Ten Bay Metal Budokan. So this is the first time I got mm-hmm. to experience it live. Man, it's so cool hearing that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing this for the first time. Like it's it's familiar but different but heavier. Uh, oh, it's so sick. It yeah, is it's, so good. Yeah, my only, <laughs> my only complaint is it's too short. <laughs> I agree. And and the ten baby and the ten baby metal Budokan audio CD includes all the lore in the same mm-hmm. track, so you can't you mm-hmm. have to like oh, fast yeah, forward annoying. like five mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. to get like two minutes of just pure awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one other downside uh, of it is that it is also basically an intr- instrumental. I mean. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a growl, but that is it. It's yeah. not the it's not the baby metal that we wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is going on. And wouldn't you know it, I mentioned this elevated rectangular stage in the center above kind of their main performance stage. There are three figures up there, all crucified during this. Arms up on clear crosses just kind of existing while we're listening to the Shin version of Baby Metal Death. Um, there was a lore video that played during this time about, it was it was very similar, I don't remember the exact language, but it was very similar to the one we got in January about how they're going to receive a new life form and the, the third coffin coming into stage and, you know, that kind of thing. But Shin version ends, they descend on their crosses into the stage they're still backlit so you can see this happening they didn't hide this one um and then the song ends and then it's black and then we're just kind of waiting again like what's going on they took that time to put momoko and moa out on the wings and we go right into idz no (laughs) no intro video just straight into the music so that was pretty hype that's a cool transition um (laughs) idz always is a crowd pleaser and a great closer again, challenging to mosh, uh, but still super fun. Yeah. I mean, what, what, it's IDZ. What, what more is yeah. there to say? <laughs> it's a great closer. That transition is the same one that they did in the uh, 10 Bay metal Budokan as well. I mean, yeah. so, it, so that it, we knew it flowed very well. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, IDZ ends lights go down. Lights don't come back up. So we know it's not over. <laughs> um, again, an unusually long time. Like it was a really long time. I'm sure if I were a neutral observer, it wasn't that long, but it felt like a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, my stomach sinks again. Cause like, okay, now for real, like they're just, they're teasing so hard. And that's, but it, I've kind of <laughs> changed. My brain has shifted from anxious excitement to just like, Oh God, they're going to make me wait till tomorrow, aren't they? Because <laughs> right. it hasn't happened at this point yet. We know it's coming. We know it's coming. Something is coming, but it hasn't happened yet. So now I'm thinking, oh God, he's going to make me wait till tomorrow, isn't he? Damn you, Koba. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, this eternity goes by and the LED lights back up and we're getting a video now. Um, all I'll say about this video is that whoever's doing their English should be replaced. First of all, I mean the movie phone guy or, or whoever's writing the script, whoever's writing the script. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was about 10 variations on how baby metal has evolved 
and everything <laughs> is dead and reborn again and new life form and new thing and that and about I don't know 30 seconds into it it just felt like a grade schooler padding their essay with a thesaurus trying to say the same thing as many different ways as they could. <laughs> um, and a, a friend of mine who was also there, he's a writer, I asked him, I was like, so what did you think of that? Here's what I thought. And he was like, you are totally right. This is exactly what I thought too, that it was just like some kid padding their essay to get to the word count. <laughs> right. Um, but once we got to that, once we got to the end of all of this, they start introducing everybody. Vocal and dance. Sue Metal. Sue Metal comes on the screen. It's a video. It's not a photo. Her eyes are open on the screen. We can tell immediately that from this three-quarter shot, they have a new costume on. Mm-hmm. So that's uber exciting. Um, she has her moment. And then she goes away and then scream and dance, Moa metal, new costume, does her dramatic eye opening and staring at the crowd. Screen goes down, scream and dance, Momo metal, Momoko comes on the screen and has her dramatic moment with her eyes opening. Screen goes down, show ends. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everybody just sat there quietly. Yes. Oh, yeah. So this, everybody was losing their minds. Like, finally, finally, it's, it's, it's happened. And that's the end of night one. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Pretty amazing. I don't know that I've ever screamed so uncontrollably in my life at a single thing. <laughs> More than this moment. It was, it was, it just. God, it feels so earned and so right. Yeah, like I agree. Like, Yui will always hold a special place in my heart, but to anoint Momo Metal after everything she's done for the last four years, I I just I felt like a proud uncle. Like, yes, this yeah. is right. This is what needs to happen. I am so happy for you. Um. Yeah. And then, then of course, everybody was glowing and just hugging and happy. And it was it was a really cool moment to get to share with everybody around us. I think also, I mean, one thing that that really does feel like it means is that um, there is a long future still. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, it feels like it was a little bit precarious up until that that point. Yeah. Uh, and isn't anymore. Definitely. I'm not sure it's mentioned enough in this way that while baby metal has been Sue and Moa for the last four years, five years, all of the Avengers, but particularly, particularly Momoko really shouldered a lot of responsibility for helping keep the group alive. Mm-hmm. Like, like, while I don't like they can't exist without Sue and Moa, but they aren't successful without that symmetry. You know, I think 2018 taught them that. It just doesn't work as well, right? That Dark Side tour just mm-hmm. did not hit the same way for everybody. And I think they realized that. Right. And that's why we got the Avengers system, right? And she went all over the world with them. You know, as far mm-hmm. as, I'm, and I'm sure as far as a lot of people are concerned, she was the third member. 
this whole time. <laughs> Nobody knew any right. better. I mean, pretty much at that, yeah, because like after the forum, then there was well, Metal Galaxy, Legend of Metal Galaxy, which everyone showed up at that point. Mm-hmm. But then, like, it seemed like after Legend Metal Galaxy, like it was just her doing mm-hmm. any and all performances that they were yeah. involved in. They did yeah. what Songs of Tokyo, I mm-hmm. think. It was her. And then, you know, the Budokan shows was all her, all 10 shows. And there was something else that she was strictly involved in, and I can't remember what it was, but it was all her, too. Um, yeah. And then of course the January shows. She did all the January shows. So yeah, she, I mean, you can just say she's, she's done it. everything. You can just say she's done everything for the last. I mean, three she years. has. Yeah. If they if Babe Metal performed, she was part of it for the last three years. So. Yeah, super special. It's just kind of cool to think back because, like, we knew that there was three Avengers, but we only knew of two of them for the summertime, until that super slip up. Uh, mega concert thing when she showed up and I'm like oh hey there's the third Avenger <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. and then not long after that they were like oh yeah we're gonna do a US tour woohoo and it's like okay well there's Rio this is great and then the show that I went to which was in Washington DC was beginning of September and you know I'm standing there with this other dude beside me and I can't I remember who it was um and, you know, they come walking out on stage with the, you know, future metal thing going on. And we both at the same time are like, wait, that's Momoko. <laughs> <laughs> and that was her first night on the U.S. tour was yeah. in Washington, D.C. So and then, of course, it was between her and Rio during the whole thing. And then she did, you know, the forum and stuff, of course, too. And they bounced back and forth on that as well. And they both had their, you know, we are baby medals that they did, too. So from that point on, yeah, she's been pretty much a full fledged team member since since that point. So (laughs) but now she has a microphone. Now she has a microphone. So well, now, yeah. she gets now she, as of this point, she's eligible for a microphone. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Well, we, true. we only got through the first night. True. You can say true. at this point now she has twin tails. Mm-hmm. Her hair has evolved in her uh, moment on screen when they revealed her as the new Scream and Dance. Yes. Although I, I, and I think in pictures, and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I don't know, but it looks like she has like semi like her hair is kind of like partially down in the back but then she has the twin tails up top with no it's all twin tails they're just set yeah they're just set farther back on her head than moa oh okay they're less to the side okay fair enough yeah because it makes it makes it really difficult to see like it, it just it has a different feel to them but yeah it's cute i like it looks like, adorable if you don't know a whole lot about her, just to give you the rundown, she fits in, I think, perfectly with these two. You know, she comes from the same stock. She's a Sakura Gakuin graduate. Um, she said on multiple times when she was in that group that she always wanted to join the heavy metal music club, which was their code word for baby metal because they weren't supposed to explicitly talk about them. <laughs> right. um, she's a just complete goofball. Uh, right, I was gonna say that uh, that at least makes her fit in with with oh, Moa. Yeah, yeah for sure. like I and maybe unintentionally with Sue. Yeah, yes. like I cannot wait to start seeing them, 
doing video interviews together because I think I once, am, once she gets her kind of gets her footing, I think it'll be really interesting to see how she kind of develops her identity as Momo Metal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's something we we get to kind of experience for the first time because, you know, when the group started, they were just told what to say and do. Here's how you act. Here's how you behave because they were kids. Right. And Sue and Moa have evolved their personas through throughout the years and through their years of experience. But now we get to kind of see somebody with from zero kind of develop their identity as a member of this group and what that means to them. Uh, so I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see what she does with that. And then, of course, like I said, she's a complete goofball. Like her dad's a famous comedian. Like she's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so she's going to play with Moa extremely well. Uh, so I, I can't wait I to see agree. how this goes forward in the future. I think it's going to be fantastic. She's such a <laughs> yeah, great fit. That's what I, I just I was just thinking about that the other night. I'm just like, oh, it would be kind of amusing to have her be like be like outwardly the the comedian of mm-hmm. of the group that would be great because you know like moa is a comedian but she's also very reserved in mm-hmm. her you know in herself um usually kind of has to be brought out or amongst people that she knows whereas i feel like momoko i don't know i feel her being a little bit more outgoing in her own right and also with her having being you know fresh into this at this point, she doesn't have like what you had said before that, you know, there's not that thing in the mindset of, oh, we, we have to kind of, you know, pan ourselves out. She can just openly develop however she wants. Well, not however, but like she's a little bit more, um, you know, flexible in that. Yeah, she's still going to have to play by the rules. She's going to have to play yeah. by the rules, but she doesn't have of course the, the whole stigma of being possessed by the fox god and, you know, right. that, that kind of thing that the other two have had their whole career. So that's why I think it'll be interesting to see where they take her personality and how what they let her do. And it'll also be interesting <laughs> just because like with the exception of the, her adventure in Korea for a few months, we haven't really had a whole lot of time to get to know her as she's gotten older. So that's also really exciting. True. Yeah. One other thing I had thought of randomly while we we're between nights was that, uh, I'm pretty sure she's going to have the best English of the bunch. Yeah. I couldn't remember how we knew this, but we're pretty confident or we're pretty confident that uh, after she graduated in Sakuragakuin, she did international school, uh, we think in New Zealand or Australia. Yeah, New Zealand is what I'd heard. Yeah. Yeah. Basically until we saw her again in, um, at Super Slippa. Um, so pretty good chance that she's going to be able to, uh, you know, deliver in English for those of us who aren't Japanese speakers. Mm-hmm. And even on the um, Girls Planet 999, you know, they, they did have a few times where they spoke complete English. And yeah, she she was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exciting times. Uh, Black Knight ended. It took forever to get out of the building because we had to, like, snake our way out. And like I mentioned at the top. It's just a city on a city block, so there was not a lot of room to get people out and moving, um, and everybody had to kind of go in one direction towards the train station. Um, so it was kind of crappy getting out of there, but uh, mm-hmm. managed managed to do it. Went out, libations, celebrated. Everybody was extremely happy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of proud parent energy. If that makes sense. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it, it was cool. I. I I couldn't 
find a single fan that was happy or disappointed. Um, definitely people out there that are that were still hoping for that 0.01% chance that Yui was making a return. Um, but even they were, you know, willing to move forward and still be really happy for Momoko. Mm-hmm. And hopefully then you took a nap after all of that before <laughs> <laughs> returning. I did take a nap. Oh, but that was, yeah, that was Fox Day, right? So That was Fox so, Day. That was Fox so, Day. We have, we have um, a whole other day. Yeah. But I did take a nap. Um, one thing they did differently this time was, uh, and we can only presume because of the very limited space around the venue, was you had to sign up for a time slot to go line up and get merchandise, which is something they haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Usually you just went out to wherever they were doing it at like 8 a.m. to get in line to make sure you got what you wanted before it all sold out. Um, but you actually had to go about a week before, two weeks beforehand, and sign up on a was it a instant Osmart or something like that mm-hmm. um, for a reserve time slot where you could go get in line to get merch. Um, so we actually didn't really know what to do. It was because well, we have a reserve time slot. We can't go line up for merch. What do we? What, what do we? What do we do all day? <laughs> <laughs> it was a strange feeling to know that. We had tickets for both events and had all of this extra free time we weren't anticipating. Um, so just slept, went down there anyway, slept in and went down there, you know, mid-morning just to mingle and I took stickers and, you know, trade fan gifts and handout gifts and talk to people and things like that before going off and getting lunch. But it was actually really nice not having the pressure of having to be in line all day or at least half the day to get your stuff. So I would not mind if they brought that back in the future mm-hmm. okay so clear night anything you want to say before we move on tell me more <laughs> i spent a good hour uh this morning just jotting down notes on my ipad before i went left for tokyo so i'm a little bit more prepared than normal <laughs> yeah. um, but still feel unprepared because it goes by so fast okay so clear night um, I don't have special access tonight, so I am in the D pit with all the other foreign fans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in another prefecture as far away and as small as humanly possible. Though I will say there were about six or seven Japanese fans in there with us that were absolutely hammered, but man, <laughs> did they bring the energy that was, it was small, nice. but probably the most fun I've ever had in a pit like they went they took it to 11 they they really did i can't thank those guys <laughs> enough great. we had so much fun with these guys um so yeah let's go let's just go into the show um mm-hmm. started a few minutes late again no intro video just right into music like the first night and we're starting with metal kingdom tonight and wouldn't you know it that stage they built is big enough to use those three giant thrones they built from Akahari Mese. Awesome. <laughs> so what ascends from that giant rectangular stage they built? But three thrones. And you can probably guess where this is going. All three of them are occupied. <laughs> we get to see Momo Metal for the first time in costume. with That's her so cool. With her battle armor yeah. version and her fork. <laughs> and her microphone and her microphone um right away they made it obvious that 
she is an equal now. She's getting more screen time for sure already. Um, as soon as we saw her, it's the whole building erupted. <laughs> mm. oh, it was it was a moment. <laughs> it was so cool. And I gotta say, in true baby metal tradition, false start on the new metal for Metal Kingdom. She got up about four beats too early and just kind of had to stand there awkwardly waiting for Moa to get up. <laughs> Which was really funny. Great. She uh, yeah. and you could you knew she messed up because well, it was obvious she messed up, but she like thought about sitting back down. But she's like, no, I better not do that. So she kind of did this like little quarter squat. We're <laughs> waiting to go into it. And I got such a kick out of that because it just it almost felt right. Like a rite of passage. You have to screw something up at some point. It, it has to be the first time you're live, right? Yep. And, and I just I thought that I just got tickled me. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And the the um the illusion here, the the what makes that funny is that the very first time Doki Doki Morning was played, uh, you know, in front of an audience, that's what Moa did. Exactly. She she, she started like a you know, a measure too early. <laughs> I really hope that there were words said about that and she got teased or they bonded over that or something at the end. I yeah. got to think so because that was just too perfect. <laughs> it was just, it was the exact same false start <laughs> as yeah. Doki Doki Morning all those years ago. And that just tickled me in the best way. Um, so yeah, Metal Kingdom. I'll, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's a great opener. So uh, one thing about Metal Kingdom what, that we learned about the um, Baby Metal Returns show is that it has choreography, but they didn't do it then. And since they started on the thrones, uh, I'm now wondering, did you get to see new choreo? Did you see like the choreography that Moa thought was cool or, did, or oh, is yeah. that still pending? You know, so yeah, that's, I'm glad you asked. Cause that's what I was going to talk about. I don't think so. I think it's still pending. Hmm. I couldn't tell the difference between what I saw in January and what I saw last night. Um, the choreography with the fork was basically all the same. Sue did all the same stuff. The only thing that was different was that Moa wasn't leading an army of 12 year olds with sticks this time. <laughs> like, so Love yeah, I put that. <laughs> I, I don't think, yeah. So I don't, I don't think we've got it yet. My, my okay. guess is they're going to, my guess is they open with this in Europe and that's when we'll see it because they're not traveling with the thrones. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine well, not. Well, true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had enough trouble keeping those uh those, you know, lore sticks or whatever uh in one piece through yeah. a tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think there uh, was a time we must have talked about this with that that, you know, it you could see that it had one of them had been sort of duct taped yeah. duct taped back mm-hmm. together. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, but, Metal Kingdom. Yeah, but yeah, so it, I don't I don't think we've seen it. If we have, it was kind of drastically oversold by Moa in that interview. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but one thing I noticed right away was how much I missed harmonized vocals. Yeah. I, I'm i just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of speechless trying to talk about it, which is not a great look for a podcaster. But <laughs> it just... It feels right. It feels right in a way that I hadn't experienced since 2017. Yeah. At this point. 
right? Like I didn't get a whole lot of time with the original lineup live. Unfortunately, I got basically one year um, and it was almost all support tour stuff. So apparently it left a pretty major impression because as, as soon as I could hear the harmonization and I got to say they harmonized together really well, they, their voices complement each other extremely well. Like it, it was moving. It was moving again. Um, I basically cried this whole night. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically in tears this I whole understand. night. I <laughs> understand. I totally get it. <laughs> like, like every time Momoko was on the screen, I was just like a wreck and just screaming uncontrollably, just so happy for her. Uh, some Metal Kingdom ends and Road of Resistance. Um, I mean, it's Road of Resistance. I was in a smaller pit than the night before, so moshing was even more difficult, but these six super drunk Japanese guys made it uber fun. So I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. Um, but yeah, the harmonized vocals again, incredible. Um, the flags for Rota Resistance were updated for the new logo. Um, I did <gasps> notice that. Oh, good. Maybe that means that maybe there'll be like new flags being sold. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, well, of course, there's a new logo. They're going to sell you the new logo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happened. And then, and I'm just going to read it straight out of my show notes. So parental advisory, mother Ine. <laughs> like, and we knew immediately we knew immediately because that intro backing track is yeah just so instantly recognizable as what it is oh my god the noise in the building as soon as it started was incredible it, even for me like ever since i've been a fan this song has been on my bucket list of wanting to see live like top five, like all time song for me, just because it's for a long time. It's what baby metal was to me. Like it's, it's like that perfect juxtaposition of metal and pop. Right. I, 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 at least in my opinion, it's quintessential. Right. Oh yes. Yeah. And they haven't done it since Tokyo Dome. That was the last time it was played. I thought, and everybody thought this was in the can forever, like never coming back. Um, we were speculating Saturday night, you know, maybe they'll do like Catch Me If You Can or this song, Ine, um, with the Metalverse kids uh, or something. But no, <laughs> yeah. lo and behold, they play this backing trap and they're on the lower circular stage in the middle in their new costumes with the the clear acrylic looking translucent material stuff. It's- it's PVC mm-hmm. material. We've been trying to, me and a few other costumers and actually some art, fan arts artists too have been kind of talking back and forth on Twitter. And it's a, um, just to sidetrack for a little bit, I'm sorry. But um, it's a translucent uh, PVC material. So it's still like sewable, but it's still got enough um, hold to it where it'll just hold on its own. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot easier to make than the metal galaxy Mm. and the 10 baby metal budokan outfits but still going to be a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's kind of transparent but it has a uh but has a rainbow has the sheen to it it, yeah Yeah. it reflects like a prism Mm -hmm. uh yeah it looks spectacular live like when the light hits it man does it look good like the silhouettes the same they're instantly recognizable but it just it it feels, you know, in much the same way 
this whole weekend has felt like it's been a transition from old to new. Like I think for the first time it felt like we were finally truly out of the dark ages, out of the dark era. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. the costumes aren't red. So the red's not back, but these made me feel happy again. (laughs) They conveyed a a sense of happiness in a way that the costume really hadn't in a while. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And um, I've been kind of trying to talk with some of the younger fans on, on Twitter and stuff. And a lot of them were like, this is very kind of fairy tale, which doesn't necessarily fit the one album, but just kind of fairy. But now, now that I think back on that little conversation, I'm like, this is a birth new no new birth new you know rising new everything so the the kind of semi like fairy look kind of fits for yeah, their rebirth the, a little the bit. fairy the fairy thing only works in promotional images because as soon as the light of the stage hits it it adopts the color of the stage so when like all of the lighting is red or gold or blue like that's their color with some I rainbow marker that it, is so cool it looks incredible that is it so looks cool. incredible. So, yeah, Ine, like, holy. Yeah. And right away, unlike the first night that I thought, you know, we kind of had a rocky start, like, we're here, we're in, let's go. It's time. Yeah. Game face is on. Like, it's the Super Bowl. Let's go all out. Um, and, you know, we just had a blast. And, and you can tell right away, Momo Metal was just having the time of her life up there doing this stuff. Like, I don't know why they chose to play this randomly. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was her favorite song. Maybe they just want they wanted to show that they could still do it with mm-hmm. a three person lineup with a third member, right? Because maybe they thought it was one of those songs that didn't feel right as two plus an Avenger for some reason. I don't know. Whatever the reason, it was greatly appreciated and just yeah. But what an incredible moment! And I'm just overwhelmed with joy that I was able to experience this one because like i said it's been on my bucket list set list since day one for me mm-hmm. oh, that's, i'm i'm excited for you to because like that's that's a that's a feeling it's like when you get to hear your favorite song live mm-hmm. it's just it's just something it just it you just just so much excitement so uh, knowing knowing that that's your favorite like one of your favorite songs i'm very excited that you got to see that live because that's, that's just awesome yeah <laughs> Well, and it's it's compounded, I think, by the fact that the assumption was you never would. <laughs> I mean, like that too. nobody was expecting this. Oh, absolutely. I had completely given up on it. I had completely given up yeah. on it after Yui left. Completely given yeah. up on that. Sort of in retrospect, when I was listening to this, I think this was actually a pretty good choice because it doesn't, it, it translates well to non-kids. You know, like mm. it's, it isn't quite the same as mm-hmm. like whatever playing hide and seek or whatever. Uh, it, it it does it doesn't need to be a little kid doing it true Um, no it's a party song i mean that's that's essentially what it is it's just like hey yeah Yeah, i agree so yeah thumbs were flying (laughs) (laughs) can that be the episode title thumbs were flying i yes oh yes (laughs) yes yes please 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 can we have that as a title and I need to I need to pause and say too that you know it's been six years since anybody had heard this song live, and it was just like yesterday. Like even me, who had never experienced it before, he, it's amazing how ingrained it is that you just know what to do. You know what the participation is. You know when to put your hands up in the right order. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When 
when you're supposed to say what. Um, and that's true for everybody in the building. Um, so that, that was just kind of a cool unifying moment that's like, not only do they still have it, but we still have it. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's, that's a true point. That's a true point. Yeah. So that would, yeah, I'd, speechless. Like I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. That was just overwhelming. Like, so, so far on that night, this was the highlight. So far on this night, this was the highlight. Like before, like when the, when we realized what it was, like I was standing with all these Japanese dudes and we just like, were staring at each other screaming like at the top of our lungs. <laughs> it was just, it was so fun. Uh, yeah. Music Ine. that crosses language boundaries. <laughs> truly, truly. Um, and then not to let the hype die down, we roll into Papaya, which hit harder than the night before, I think, because nobody was eagerly anticipating the event. We were just, we were in celebration mode. We were in celebration right. mode now. Um, this was Momoko's night. And we were going to do everything we could to make it special for her. I think that's how I could best describe the energy tonight. So, Papaya, great. Not much more to say there. Heck of a lot of fun. It's always heck of a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of you out there that are probably going to get to see them for the first time. Odds are really high that Papaya will be played all over the world again. Uh, And if it's your first time, make sure you bring your towel. Yes, that is required. Indeed. That is required equipment. You will regret it if you don't. Doesn't have yes. doesn't have to be a baby metal one. <laughs> nope. I don't recommend a, like a bath towel or a beach towel, like a hand towel or washcloth. <laughs> will probably be best because you're going to want to wave it in the air, and that would probably be a party foul. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but you're going to want like a, a unless towel. you're super yeah. tall. Unless you're super tall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're going to want to bring a towel if you're going to be seeing them for the first time because they will almost certainly play Papaya. And then you can use it during the concert to wipe the sweat off your face. Yes, hey. you can. Absolutely. <laughs> Double usage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Papaya, we kind of roll back into the new stuff again. Um, mirror, mirror. Not much more to say here. Like, we're, we're kind of through the, the debuts, right? Um, so, <laughs> mirror, mirror. And then light and darkness. What I will say is, you know, unlike when we heard them last time, having two scream and dance members really does elevate it. I think. And that's just the theme of this whole night. Like being able to hear mm-hmm. them both. is just, it just feels right. <laughs> it just feels good. It feels natural. They do it well together. And, you know, God bless Moa for being able to carry this for the last five years on her own. You know, she's grown an artist mm-hmm. too, and she's an incredible performer in her own right. But I got to think there's at least part of her that's like, okay, I have some help. You know, right. after all this time. <laughs> um, and it's not an inflexible backing track either. That's exactly. the, the other yeah, nice thing. Exactly. Too. She has somebody to perform with. Like, well, yes, of course, she performs with Sue. Her main job has always been to perform with her counterpart. You know, for years it was Yui Metal. And then it was this rotating group of Avengers. And sure, while they're dancing together is one thing but now that they actually perform to what as equals you know that i got to think that that's refreshing probably invigorating um and a bit of a relief for her Hmm. Uh, so we get through light and darkness um and we get the same matrix lore video so we know 
Karate's coming again. <laughs> um, and they played the same tribute video in the middle of the song. Miko sang the whole first half again, and she was absolutely incredible. Um, karate on both sides with, again, harmonized vocals. Hits different. Like, man, this, this the waterworks are flowing again. Like, the, the video mm-hmm. just did such a good job making me emotional again um i can't wait for everybody to see that like it's it's really well done it's just it's just really well done and it feels right um it feels like a transition and it does justice to everything that came before it so this this is a highlight for sure like Mm -hmm. if you're if you're thinking about buying january or buying this one and you can only do one or the other I would almost save your money for when they release this show set. I agree. 100%. January and February Makahari was excellent. It was special. It was the tease of what was to be this weekend. Right. And of course it was produced and shot really well. And there's a lot of, and there was the live debuts. So maybe if you care about the live debuts of like metal kingdom and mirror, mirror light and darkness, that kind of thing, maybe go that way. Um, But I think if you only had to choose one or the other, this black Knight clear night, set is going to be the one you're going to want to buy. Um, so yeah, karate happens. Lights go down. Um, and we're into monochrome. Monochrome was excellent. Um, just like in January, Sue had us pull our phones out and she did the humming interlude while we all were waving our phones. Uh, one thing in particular mm-hmm. that was really quite incredible was, uh, she asked Moa metal, MoMA Metal, can you see all the lights? And it was like the first time yeah. she had really addressed MoMA Metal. So that was strangely emotional too. That just, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those like sweet mom moments. Yeah. She is the mom of the group, but yeah. like, I, yeah. I will say it's going to take some getting used to and some fans might struggle with the MoA Momo sounding very right. similar. Yeah. Um, cause it, it, while they're the same number of syllables as like Moe Yui, they sound very similar, especially when spoken very fast by a Japanese person, <laughs> yeah. if you don't know what to listen for. Um, so look out for that. But do you think Sue's ever addressed them like that in a show? Cause I, I well, don't think maybe so. like on a birthday or something. She's addressed Moe before, for sure. She's addressed Yui. As, as Moe Metal? As Moe Metal. Um, I know she has with Yui. I remember just because I remember when I was at Yui's birthday show in 2017, um, when she turned 18, she talked to uh, Yui in the middle of karate. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she did say happy birthday, Yui medal. Yeah. She said happy birthday, Yui medal. Right. Um, that kind of thing. So, so right. So a birthday show. Because uh, the, the thing about this this one was, I think, you know, it is, it's nice and touching and all that, but it felt like it was for the audience. Oh, <laughs> it totally. It was not for... It was it, like it was it was a pre-scripted moment, uh, and it really seemed like someone talking to a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't get that sense okay. being there. It it felt genuine. I don't know. Maybe that just mm-hmm. means she's a really good actor. Um, yeah, as but, we all remember from her Sakura Gakuin yes, days. Yes. Um, <laughs> I to be honest, I don't know. Like they were just so happy and into this whole performance. Like this was a whole new mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Um, you could tell that they had felt like they turned a corner as well and they wanted to, and then that, that just translated into their energy through this whole show. I thought, mm-hmm. 
Um, cause I will say by the end, uh, Momo metal's hair was thrashed, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, almost like, uh, Susan, uh, at the forum by the end of the forum. <laughs> um, so yeah, monochrome happened. We had that special moment again with the humming. Um, there's that great photo that they posted after the show where you can see our tiny little pit in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else's lights. Um, and like the towels and Papaya, it is kind of an advantage of having an arena this time because you can kind of look up and truly be surrounded by all of these lights uh, in a way that mm-hmm. you don't feel when everybody's on a floor like a Makahari Messe. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a different feel. Yeah. It's these like, looked more like yeah. stars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. These look more like stars. <laughs> <laughs> Very aligned stars, but stars all the same. Yes, lead to monochrome and then uh, metalism. So that was the repeat from the night before. It went just as hard. It was super fun. Um, I don't know if it's worth mentioning that it's backwards from what they do, how they do it on the album. I, I don't know. <laughs> I what do you mean? Isn't oh, it, oh it, I see. It's metalism the, the order, yeah, it's, the order between yeah, it's, them. Yeah. yeah, the order between yeah. them is different. Yeah. Um, probably just for concert flow. I guess that made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, after Metalism, we got Distortion again, uh, Divine Attack. Um, then after Divine Attack, another very familiar intro to Baby Metal fans started playing, and it was instantly recognizable as the one. Mm. Mm. Man, this one hit different too. And and oh, I'm sure. And I got and I got to think they're they're doing this one in particular for Momo Metal, right? Like they want to mm-hmm. they want to have this the one moment with her and with everybody to kind of bring everybody back together you know in addition to transitioning out of the other one and restarting like we are now the one again right um so this was also a little emotional too because it just felt like finally i know they said the dark era was over but this felt more like the end of the the dark era of a metal to me than the official ending if that makes sense it feels like we we've, yes. we've, we've actually turned a corner here. Like, this is a seminal moment in, in the history. Like the sunrise. Yes, this is the real sunrise, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool to be able to to do this again. Um, I didn't notice any tears or anything because I was, again, I was in Hokkaido watching this. So mm-hmm. it was really far away. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was a moment for them as well. I got to think it was. I, you know, I, with this song, like I had kind of gotten tired of it, you know, like mm. it, it, it kind of, it sort of felt like, you know, this, they just do this too often or something. I don't know what it was, but it, it kind of worn out on me. And, uh, and, but yet, you know, here it is back perfect now mm-hmm. in this, in this context, like, you know, it seemed like the right thing as far as I could tell. Yeah. So yeah, it does. It feels different now. And I think it's, kind of what I alluded to before in that I think when they played it previously it was just a good closer right it, it filled mm-hmm. its spot on an album without much baggage like it was just to bring the fans together like this is this is our song for you right we are the one together but mm-hmm. now I think it has more context maybe yes. and, and more meaning I just agree. because of a shared experience and I would say for some people a shared trauma <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough um so yeah it definitely feel I, I don't know it'd be interesting to see if they keep this one around um for more than this event that'll be something to, to keep an eye on going forward i think 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the one ends, lights go down just like they did the night before. So we got a lower video again, talking about like the circle of life at an extreme paraphrasing. It was like the circle of life, things die and are reborn. Um, we're moving on to the next stage. We've been given a new life form, um, et cetera, et cetera. We get through kind of the that part of the lore, and then we start going through logos. They put up on screen as they're talking about how things are, you know, reborn and it, it, similar vibe to the first night where we're like, okay, how many different ways can we write the same sentence? Um, <laughs> as they're going through all of the different logos they've used throughout the years, they used like the debut album version, the Metal Resistance version. The, uh, the Metal Galaxy version was on the screen. Um, and these weren't quick. They were kind of animated in a way that revealed them over a few seconds, right? Uh, we went through the the 10 Baby Metal Years and Budokan gold version of the logo. Um, we got through the then the like the broken, the other one version of the logo. Um, and then we start, you know, hearing more about things that are new and they start doing a dramatic like laser reveal of uh the brand new logo with the red and the three wings mm-hmm. no more yui skull uh no more hearts and things like that and, um very dramatic very orchestral crescendoing music and that kind of thing to the reveal um and then we get asked are you ready to headbang <gasps> Seriously? Oh, God. Oh, God. Are you sure? Are you ready to headbang? Yes. Yes. And then Baby Metal Death starts. And it's not the Uh, Shin version. Holy. Oh, my God. I would have absolutely lost my freaking mind if I was there. Baby Metal Death, albeit it is a instrumental, essentially, but is one of my absolutely favorite baby metal songs like ever. And of course, you know, they used to play it all the time, but yeah, the last time I heard it was October 15th, 2017 at Big Fox Festival. And I have not heard it since. And now knowing that it is existing once more in the, in the universe, just if I get to hear it live again, I will go feral, as the kids say these days. <laughs> it's just so good. Well, and they, they surely didn't play it after that. I mean, it has not been played since then, until that, until this moment. Yeah, until that moment, exactly. I mean, they did the Shin version at Ten Baby Mudokon, but Legend even S. that. We I figured mean, it out after the show. Legend S was the last time we heard it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Oh, Fair so enough. What did they do? Oh, they did. Uh, they oh, that's right. Because they did. Yeah, they just left a gap. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was one of the encore songs of Legend S. Yeah, because they yeah. brought her up on the on the weird twenty thing to do the to do the you know stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I remember actually. I mean that that's one of the tough things about listening to Legend S. Um, you know, even if you're not watching it, but just listening to it, it's you can hear there's a gap, and you know the audience just fills it in kind of nicely in a way, but which is also kind of touching. But mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's pretty rough. Anyway, yeah, uh, hearing that whole sequence, the are you ready to headbang, you know, <laughs> yeah. twice. Oh, man. Going into this would be just amazing. It was, you knew you knew it was coming. Right. You, you knew it was coming. Like, you knew what the crowd was going to do, and the crowd did exactly what you thought the crowd was going to do. We went absolutely insane. Um, 
probably one of the top three hypest moments I think I've ever participated in at one of these concerts. Um, yeah, like as soon as the music starts, you just you're in. You're like, okay, here we go. And a lot like <laughs> a lot like Ine, like we knew what to do. It was like riding a bike, right? The whole crowd mm-hmm. knew exactly what to do the whole time, but turned up to 11. Um, right. You know, mm. as we're getting through the first, <laughs> as we're getting through the first, um, I, don't, I don't even know what you, what you call it musically in a song like this before we get to the vocal parts, you know, everything is kind of red and they're bringing them up almost just like they used to on those crosses. They used the first night in that center stage crucified and here they come mm-hmm. up through the stage right as baby metal death is playing and we've seen them do this before you probably know the choreography already and you know it's coming that particular part of the song when the drum comes in with those eighth notes their arms cross and they get off the cross <laughs> right? yeah exactly yeah, so you exactly know you know exactly what's going on here yep um, you know and here we go we're off to the races baby metal death is happening um with a brand new person um which i'm sure for a lot of people is bittersweet but in the moment i was just overwhelmed with emotion and joy and then of course once we get to the vocal parts of this song you know sue metal death cheer 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 jump 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 moa metal death cheer 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 jump 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 <laughs> momo metal death I swear the roof came off this building like so much energy flowed forward. (laughs) It was incredible. (laughs) Like we're here for you. Take our energy. Like God, what a moment for her Mm -hmm. and for everybody. It just, it felt so good. Um, Just might say a moment, 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 moment. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. I like it. I can't imagine what that must have felt like for her being up there with this because again um, I think there's a there's a pirate video going around of this song or at least parts of it and you can tell the difference between Sue Moa and when Momoko has her line in the song (laughs) (laughs) you can tell the difference in audio Um, yeah it just it felt right it felt cathartic felt like the culmination of four years of hard work, you know, mm-hmm. for this, for this moment. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget this one. This was just special, special in ways that I wish more people could enjoy. And, and, uh, a very well-designed show. Very, I mean, like, very well-designed. Well orchestrated to do exactly what it did. Yeah, absolutely. In, 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 in a way I would almost say the first night wasn't, Mm-hmm. It it almost felt like they spent the, all of their time designing night two, and then had to cram their homework the night before for night one. <laughs> right. That was just, and maybe that's not fair because of the circumstances around night two, right? Of course, it was always going to be and feel different and feel more special because of the way they chose to reveal her and and bring her in, right? Doing it at the end of night mm-hmm. one rather than at like the beginning, say. Um, but I think also doing it in that order made night two all the more special. It felt the concert, whole concert felt like a celebration. Right. Um, in a way that I haven't experienced with this group before. 
Um, so yeah, we, we go through baby metal death and it ends. They had used the choreography to move themselves out. Like they just like they used to, um, you know, uh, Momoko was out on stage, right? Mo was out on stage last, you know, on the, on the, those wing stations where they performed karate, um, getting into it with the crowd and stuff like that. Uh, song ends, maybe four beats go by and we're right into the opening riff of IDZ. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't even get a chance to breathe. Like we're giving it to you. Here we go. That's, that's why we moved them out there. Right. <laughs> we need them to go across <laughs> the stage. Um, and that transition, just like the Shin version transition works so incredibly well. Um, and they truly did not give us a moment to breathe. Um, it was, it was one of the shorter transitions between songs in the best way. Um, and also exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, IDZ hit IDZ with two voices again, man, like, it's just yeah. like I've said, this whole recording of the second night, talking about the second night, it just, it feels right. It feels back to where it should be um, in a way that I didn't realize how, just how much I missed that sound from this group. Like this is, this is how it was designed to be performed. And we got a little bit of that at Legend Metal Galaxy with all of the Avengers. And that's always going to be special in its own way. Oh, but for this sure. is the way. Mm-hmm. This is the way. So, yeah. Then yeah, yeah that, that that's basically the end of the show. They spent you know the next few minutes. Um, there was a gong outro. We are running around. You know, this is mm-hmm. they are ecstatic. Like they are having, they're jumping, they're spinning, they're all just whatever energy <laughs> they have left beaming smiles and happy energy into the crowd running around this stage. They had a, uh, a gong outro this time. So when they were done running left to right, back to the middle, they ascended up onto the uh, big platform again. Um, and a gong came up to ring for some more. We are's, uh, Sue metal usually does, you know, you know, it's over cause she does the really long one. And then, Moa tries to extend metal as long as her tiny little lungs will allow. Um, <laughs> only this time, they almost seemed like Momoko and Moa were trying to outdo each other. They were just holding it as long as they both physically could, which was really great. Yeah. <laughs> they were just kind of screaming it at each other, which was awesome. Um, and then Sue rings the gong and it's over. We did get some outro lore stuff. Um, it was, it was a, just a large content drop. Um, mm-hmm. at like at the beginning of the episode, we already talked about it. You know, they announced all these concert dates, um, world tour tour final in Japan, 2024. That got a big reaction, of course. Um, but we got a little teaser at the end. That's also really interesting. That is going to be sparking many, much debate and, invoke a lot of questions over the coming months um at the end of the uh the normal lower video we got a, a little bit of a break and then another video started playing and it, it looks just straight up like a movie trailer um <laughs> revealing the world metal verse and teasing this summer 
what that is, I don't know. Have you had a chance to watch this? Um, I, I did. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just as confused. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's cool, like, and whatever it is. But they said something. They'll, they're back. Like, I don't know. It's just something about somebody coming back. So here's that's, what's really that's... interesting that they excluded mm -hmm. from the version of the teaser that they put online. Okay. Right. There's a metaverseworld.com, uh, and there is a teaser, and it is the same. It's the same basic video that you're about to talk about, except that except that what you're about to say is it wasn't on there. It's the exact same video. However, okay. the version we got at the concert at the very end, when it dips to black, we get a few frames, maybe a second's worth of a white silhouette of what is very obviously the Metalverse Baby Metal kids that have been performing with them since January. Oh. And in fact, we went so far as to figure out that we're pretty confident it's the uh, it's the silhouette from the photo for was it was it a Natalie Moo article? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, it's a it's a known photo. It's the no, it's the known photo that went around after the January's after the January show of Doki Doki oh, Morning. Oh, the one where it's like the girls yes. are like their backs are towards yes. the camera and then Yes. So they showed oh. they showed the silhouettes of those three girls in white on the screen for a moment. <gasps> at the end and of the video. It's clearly that photo because they yeah. because the it's the hair. It's very I mean, obviously that, that, that photo. It even more obvious. It's very obviously yeah. that photo. And ah. you know, and so what does that mean? What does that mean? And it's really yeah. interesting that they didn't include that uh on the online version of the video. Yeah. One thing that I think is also very funny about metalverse-world.com where this lives is that it's uh, if you embed it in places it's metadata says metalverse off-seal website. It is the exact same typo that they had on the Babe Metal off-seal site <laughs> when they took it online. Oh my offline. gosh. Of course. <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of the Dagon website, they still didn't fix the stinking BMD Fox apparel logo on their website. You had one job, web designer. You had one job. <laughs> and I have actually, like, emailed them and tweeted them. And I have done everything <laughs> in my power to inform somebody, hey, your logo is wrong on your website. They had an opportunity, and they didn't take it. And it makes yep. me so annoyed as a former <laughs> web designer that they did not fix it. And it's such an easy fix. Sorry, rant done. <laughs> yeah. Another typo that they did make was uh, the official uh, tweeted something about um, the uh, the Balk Knight. Uh, they, yeah. they typoed the the uh, hashtag yeah. hashtag B A L C K Knight, <laughs> and Clear Knight was spelled with a K in the middle for some reason. Yeah, they, the Knight K N I G H T. <laughs> like I said, like I said at the beginning of this, when I started talking about the lore videos, man, they need to they need some full time native English speakers helping them out. <laughs> yeah. There are certain things about this that uh, really does feel like it's being operated out of one guy's basement. It, seriously. <laughs> it's almost like, it, it's like I think Koba thinks his English is better than it is. At least his written English. Could be. Um, but yeah, that was that was Black Knight, Clear Knight. Welcome, Momo Metal. Mm -hmm. Extremely excited for the future. Can't wait to see Yay! what they're doing in Europe. Yes. Can't wait to see. Very curious about this Metalverse I thing. I can't uh, wait to too. see what that's going to be. Um, yeah, yeah, that's curious. It's cool. Like, I look forward to it, whatever it is. Cause it seems like it's going to be pretty neat, especially if it's going to involve 
the, well, what we have dubbed cheapy metal for now until further mm-hmm. notice. But yeah, I don't know I'm what t- I think about that. I don't, I don't like yeah. it. But. Oh, really? So there's already, oh, the there's, there's already a cheapy metal group in Japan. So that's kind of, ah, uh, fair that's enough. kind of, okay. Oh, the, the name. You yeah, mean. That's, yeah. That's also kind of be for them. Um, uh, yeah. fair enough. But I think they have a name now so and it's Metalverse. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we can call it the Metalverse Project then, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Project Metalverse. Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think Metalverse is the name of the group. But no, I don't think so either. But I think the, well, I guess I suppose in the context of where they appear in the timeline, they are the Metalverse mirror versions of themselves that they encounter in the Metalverse. Right, that's that's the lore behind why they appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through the fox barrier. Um, anyways, I don't know. I have a trillion thoughts in my brain on what this could be, but so maybe that's speculation for another episode. I have zero. Yeah. I have absolutely oh. zero. So I'm just like, bring it. Just uh, when I'm it happens, it happens. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll it'll happen regardless of what we think. But um, I mean, yeah, obviously, but like, I'm not speculating anything. <laughs> There are versions of this that are terrible. Ultimately, I think I kind of trust that uh, Cole was thinking about this somewhat clearly. Um, but there are ways that they could do this that would be terrible. <laughs> and maybe fair, there are ways that enough. they could do it that would be good. <laughs> so Fair enough. I'll close with my wildest, my wildest conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I'm all ears. Kokona, Miko, and Sakia are going to perform at TIFF this summer. And they're going to do the first album... With baby bones backing. That would be me. <laughs> that's yeah. my wild conspiracy theory. Tune in next time. That's it for this episode. <laughs> if it's um if that's the last time they do it, okay. <laughs> um but the, the I think the the version I don't want to see is that they are the official cover band that tours around separately and no, I people can go see. I don't think they would do oh. that. I would not know. I don't see a world in which that happens. That's just such a stupid business decision. You, you don't split. That you would don't, be shiny. You don't split your fan base like that. That only yeah, hurts. No. That only mm-hmm. hurts your sales. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's what I was saying. That's the, there are versions of this that are terrible. <laughs> I also don't think two thirds of the girls that do this are available for something like that unless they completely pivot what they've been doing recently. Yeah. Fair enough. You you probably know a little bit more of it than I do. I don't really follow any of the SG girls yeah. really. I mean, like, so. Saki is a regular on a on a couple of TV shows over there oh, on kids okay. kids shows. Like she's got a lot going on. I see. Okay. To be fair, yeah, to be fair Miko has it hasn't really done anything since graduating. So who knows? But even just what they've already done has got to be like a, a nice entry on their CV. Oh oh, absolutely! So, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll anyway, yes. Right. You, we were saying uh, how many hours had elapsed. Yes. <laughs> so perhaps we yeah. should leave it there. You wanted to get out of um, here in yes. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had some crazy optimism about that, but uh, anyway. Okay. So I'll close it off. Thanks for you know sticking through sticking through the you know mm-hmm. second massive long episode in a row. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As always, we appreciate your patronage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes 
Uh, so that's it for this episode. You can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord server to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in, at some point, uh, and we hope you'll join us whenever that is. And until then, see you. See you guys.